Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. For Inside Carolina, I'm Taylor Vipolis, and you're listening to this podcast, which is a part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. So first off, thank you for being here. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Inside Carolina wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube so you never miss any of the content our team at IC puts out. It hardly takes any time, and it helps us out a great deal. Also, speaking of support, we want to support the people that support us. So that's why on this podcast, I have to remind everybody about Jimmy's Famous Seafood. The reason they wanted to sponsor this podcast is simple. They're owned by UNC fans, and with the pandemic and indoor dining restricted, it's a tough time right now to be a locally owned business. So it's helping out one of our own, and at the same time, you get ridiculously good seafood at a great price a true win-win for everybody wondering my go-to order is the famous gift box where you get two massive crab cakes two different kinds of crab soup and then a half pint of crab dip visit them online at jimmysfamousseafood.com and at checkout use the code hashtag gdtbath for free two-day shipping that's promo code hashtag gdtbath all right let's get to it like last week, I'm joined by my guy and Carolina basketball legend, Justin Jackson. Justin, since the last time we talked, Carolina splits two games with a loss at Florida State and then a win against Wake Forest yesterday. What have been your general takeaways over that two-game stretch for the Tar Heels? Um, I mean, I think there's a few. I think uh, against a Florida State team who – I think a lot of a lot of people are saying could have a good chance of winning the whole ACC. Um, I think they have had really good spurts uh, of some really good basketball. You know, I think they really uh, there for a while. They were really playing how I think a lot of people thought that they could play, um, and obviously couldn't really pull that one out. But you know, then going into the Wake Forest game against a team that's you know zero and five. Obviously, they're they're still a very talented team. Um, you know, they went out there and the game plan seemed like they, you know, they worked it how they were supposed to. Um, and so I think, you know, seeing, you know, like we talked about last time, seeing like Caleb Love, you know, how he came out and he played against Wake Forest. Um, and he even had spurts in the Florida State game too, where it seems as if he's just getting better and better. Um, and then, you know, obviously the bigs down low, um, you know, the way Armando's playing right now, I think, is is really the key as far as their success going. And, uh, you know, obviously having somebody like Garrison who's already shown what he can do um, and can do that on a, on a consistent basis, I think they've shown glimpses of, you know, really getting better. So I think um, it's just a matter of staying with it, man. Yeah, those two games with Florida State, Leonard Hamilton has built a really good program down in Tallahassee. They're they're long, they're athletic, they really match up well against Carolina. And then a team like Wake Forest, who is winless in the ACC, Roy mentioned in his postgame press conference, 
they've been leading or have had a lead pretty late in basically every game. They're just not finding the ways to win games, kind of like Carolina struggled early on in the year, closing out games. Wake Forest is just having those same issues. But it's a program that seems like it has the right coach for the first time in a while, and they're kind of trending in the right direction. And a huge spark in the Florida State game was Carolina getting somebody like Anthony Harris back what do you think Ant brings to the team when he's healthy and a hundred percent? Um, you know, just by seeing him, to be honest, I, I didn't, I never really got a chance to see a lot of him from last year. Um, but just by seeing him, you know, in, in those minutes that he was out there against Florida state, like he brings a different type of energy off the bench. You know, it's like somebody that just goes out there and works, you know, and plays hard. And, um, you know, I think having a guy like that, you know, coming off the bench, you know, when maybe the first five didn't necessarily bring the energy that they needed to, having somebody to bring that spark. Uh, um, you know, it's funny. We were talking about Theo at the end of the, uh, of last time, uh, but we would always joke when we were at school, like he was that spark plug, you know, like whenever he would come off the bench. And so, you know, having somebody that can come off the bench and bring that energy and obviously be able to make plays like he can um, and things like that, I think that's going to be huge for the team. Yeah, the school that I'm at now, uh, helping coach Paul the Six, that's where Anthony Harris comes from. So I'm really familiar with kind of his backstory and his upbringing. And he's a guy who he's going to go in and he understands that it all starts with his defensive performance. And then that defense can kind of spark his offense. And uh, the his high school coach, uh, his high school coach, Glenn Farello, he's a guy who he knows basketball in and out like the back of his hand. And you could tell that when Anthony plays, he has a good um, – he has all the fundamentals. He knows where to be. He's, he's a player that picks up on things really quickly. And I've seen some people wanting him to be in the starting lineup or wanting to see a huge minute increase. But how would you kind of handle expectations for Harris since he is coming off two major knee surgeries in two years? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I would just say kind of pump the brakes. You know what I mean? Like basketball is all about feel and all about getting comfortable. And um, you can't expect somebody to come who's coming off, like you said, two huge surgeries in two years to just be able to be thrown out there for 30 minutes and go. Um, that's just not physically possible. You know, and then you throw the whole skill um, and feel thing out there. Like it's, it's tough uh, to go from – you know, doing one-on-one -on -one workouts and maybe two-on-two -two and then maybe a little bit of practices and then all of a sudden just be thrown out there. It's tough. So, um, you know, I think it's just one of those things we have to kind of just watch. I think, you know, like I said, with the energy and stuff that he brings, I think he will earn and show that he, you know, he needs a few more minutes. Um, but I don't think just throwing him back in the, in the starting lineup or all of a sudden giving him 25 minutes is going to be good for him personally or the team. So I think it's just a matter of watching him, you know, and see if, you know, coach sees that, you know, if he's earning more minutes and kind of getting more comfortable, I think then we'll see a little bit more minutes for him. Yeah, with that minute increase, I think it's a case kind of like you mentioned where you just have to trust Roy. You have to trust Doug and the training staff for Carolina because I think when you watch a player like Anthony Harris, it's clear that when he's in the game, he's making an impact and he's giving you the best chance to win. So obviously 
you're going to want to play him more. But at the same time, you don't want to jeopardize his future or jeopardize the team's future where he's, he's just playing minutes where he's not ready to be playing that like 30 minutes that you kind of mentioned. But moving to the Wake Forest game, Armando Baycott, he had another strong showing, 18 points on 8 of 10 shooting where every time Wake Forest kind of made a run – he had an answer for them to build Carolina's lead back up. And I think we'd agree that he's been UNC's best and most consistent player at this point up to this season. And as a perimeter player, what can Carolina do to get him even more pain touches since it seems like he's borderline unstoppable at times this season? Um, I mean, I think it just kind of goes back to what we have talked about, you know, if, if they get more, um, perimeter shooting if they're able to stretch the defense a little bit more having Caleb hit shots having RJ hit shots having Kerwin hit shots that automatically makes the guards and the guys that can't help on the bigs stretch out more to try to run people off the perimeter and so when you have guys that are making shots like they did against Wake Forest when he gets the ball down low it's just him versus his defender he doesn't have to worry about all these other help defenders and all that other sort of stuff so I think that's just really it. what it is, is the perimeter guys being such a threat that they're low. He can go get a bucket easily. So, um, you know, as long as he continues to play aggressive and play as well and assertive as he is right now, I think with the guard play as, as they're getting better and better, and I think they'll just keep getting better, I think it's going to be even easier for them. And then another talking point that the fans love where it's the three guarantees in life. It's death, taxes, and a team shooting the ball well from three against Carolina. Wake Forest entered the game as a team ranked 164th with 7.3s a game and then 238th shooting the three at 31.89%. So, of course, they make 13 threes on 38%. How would you explain Carolina's defensive strategy and why it always leads to a three-point barrage for the other team? Um, you know, I think it's – unfortunately, it just kind of is what comes with how – Carolina defense is um, you know coach is really big on getting out in passing lanes and denying and stuff like that and so you know when you overplay at times it causes rotations you know and then when there's rotations there's going to be a lot more open shots um, and then even you know coach one of coach's big things is you know trying to help on any drive whether it's a guy helping in from the corner or a guy helping from the slot or whatever it is so from the help side it creates, you know, pass and kick, um, you know, stuff, actions that are tough to guard. And so when you're always in rotations at times, those shots seem a lot easier because they're a lot more open. You know, like you look at – you look at uh, – what's his name? I think his name was Isaiah, the guy from yeah. Wake Forest that hit 7-3. Lucius, yeah. Um, I mean, he, he what? He shot four for 24 going into the, going into the game and then went seven for 12. So it's like – you know, I think, unfortunately, it's just kind of the way the defense happens. Even when I was there, you know, I don't think we were necessarily that high um, as far as, like, allowing three-pointers. Um, but it's just, you know, on defense at times, it's kind of a give and take. You know, you got to give up something at times. And, unfortunately, sometimes it's the three-point line. So, you know, I wouldn't necessarily freak out over it. Um, you know, I think some of the wide-open threes that they had is is maybe something to kind of worry about a little bit. But, you know, it's just kind of what comes with it, I think.
Yeah, the wide open threes. And then I think where Roy also had a problem was the second chance points that led to threes where Carolina got beat on the offensive glass and gave up threes that way. How did Roy kind of teach when the ball goes into the post where I thought I noticed a lot more players digging down yesterday in the post, which led to threes when you on on paper you have guys like Sharp and Baycott and Brooks who should be able to hold their own, but how is he kind of coaching uh, once the ball is getting into the post? Yeah, I mean, most of the time, it's usually it's a post. Uh, um, then you'll either dig or you'll do full help rotate. Um, I'm not totally sure why um, why they were doing that with Wake Forest, because there's obviously no disrespect to Wake Forest, but their bigs weren't really their strength. Um, and with our bigs being our biggest strength, you, you know, you kind of look at it and say, okay, just guard them one-on-one. And then that, that leaves all the digging and then having a long closeout, all that sort of stuff. So I'm not totally sure why, you know, obviously they went over it, you know, and scout and all that sort of stuff. And that's what coach wanted to do. Um, but usually it's a dig, but the dig isn't supposed to be so far in there that when they just pass it out, it's an easy shot. Um, so, you know, obviously it's, probably one of those things where they'll probably work on it in practice and keep on working because I mean they'll run into some bigs that are even better um, and maybe even some shooters that are even better so they'll probably keep working on it but usually that's what coach wants to work on. Yeah I'm always curious when I see some of the choices that Roy makes but it's never from a perspective of like I think I know what I'm doing more it's it's a still a coach who has three national champions and he's you know (laughs) however many wins away from I think 900, which would only be like the fourth coach. So he obviously knows what he's doing and how to prepare a team, but it's always curious to see, you know, how there's so many different coaches and how they can all have kind of different philosophies and find success with those different philosophies. And I'm glad you mentioned um, Isaiah Musius who shoots seven of 12 from three. Like you mentioned, going into the game, he was only 4 of 24. What is that like in-game where you have what you believe is a sound scouting report and then a player goes out there and goes completely against it and within four minutes the scouting report is being thrown out? (laughs) Man, uh, I think um, scouting reports are great to kind of give you the whole picture um, of things. There were so many times, man, we would have scouting reports and it would be, you know, this guy's a capable shooter, but, you know, we're not going to freak out if he hits one. Um, And the dude would go on to hit four or five, you know? Um, So I think like scouts and scouting reports obviously they do a great job there at giving you kind of you know whether it's the guy you're guarding or kind of just the team itself of kind of their you know tendencies and what they like to do and stuff like that but then honestly like I said before basketball is such a game of feel you know like the dude shot four for 24 but he saw one or two go in and that's all it really takes you know and he he's his form and everything looks like he is a very good shooter so when you are a shooter, or at least you have been a shooter in the past, when you see a couple go in, it's a lot easier, right? Especially when you're not – I mean, you look at Caleb, for instance. Like, Caleb was not shooting the ball at all very well, right? Like, wasn't shooting at all. 
sees a couple go down, and I guarantee you his confidence and everything like that skyrockets. Uh, so, like the big picture, but then you just got to adjust as the game goes on because it got four for 24, has seven threes. That's just one you got to start adjusting to, man. The the most worrying thing, I think, for from Carolina's perspective is – they trailed at halftime to Wake Forest. They're they're being outscored now by 22 points in first halves this season. In your opinion, what do you think Carolina can do to get off to better starts where it feels like they start every game flat almost? Um, you know, honestly, I don't really know. I mean, it, it's kind of something that they themselves, I think, are going to have to figure out however it is, whether it's fear you know, for us, we would have like small little things that we would do before a game to get us like get our get our energy going. You know, and I, and I'm sure it's tough too because we had the crap to get us going. You know, and as small as that might like that that really does get you going a whole. And you go out there and you've got the crowd going crazy before the game and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but I think it's it's you know it's whatever they need to get going. You know, because once you start playing these teams you know, that are – obviously, you play at a Florida State. You play guys, you know, other teams that are a whole lot better than maybe a Wake Forest. You got to come out a lot better. You know, you can't just rely on the second half because in the in the ACC, if you get down too much, it's going to be really tough to come back. So, I think it's just whatever they can find, whether it's, you know, pregame music in the locker room or it's, you know, them just coming out with a different mindset. Whatever it is, man, I think it's whatever they can find. I don't know if I can necessarily give them the answer to that. This team is a lot different than the teams that you played on where you guys, your junior year, you were coming off a, a national championship. So it's, it's a little different of a perspective, but how hard is it going against a, a nationally ranked opponent, you know, on prime time, ESPN, all that. And then kind of the flip side of that, where you do have to go and play a Wake Forest who, who is winless and, is is that hard from a motivational standpoint where you're trying to find that internally? You know, I think it's, it is tough from the standpoint of um, like not having those, uh, those thoughts of like, man, this team's 0-5, man. Like we got to go out here and play these guys. They're not very good. Um, it is tough at times to, to get through that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, especially in college, I mean, you play, what, 30-something games in the regular, kind of the regular season before the, you know, March Madness starts. Um, I mean, each and every game really does matter, you know, and I think for each individual player, they should view it as, okay, you know, if I'm in a slump right now, okay, this is the game that I'm going to get out of the slump, or this is the game that we can get better and find something else out about ourselves. Um, and it's easy for me to sit here and say that now that I'm, you know, out of college or now that I'm older, and kind of view basketball a little bit different, but that's just kind of how they should view it as, okay, let's go out here and let's get better today. You know, let's, let's, let's figure out ways to, you know, work on this or work on this and let's view this team as somebody who's undefeated in ACC. You know, I think that's a that's something that we did really good at. And obviously we had bad games and stuff like that my junior year, but, you know, pretty much my all, all three years, especially my last two years, we tried to view each opponent as a really good team. You know, and if you can do that, I don't think you necessarily will play down to your competition. 
Um, but it is tough. It's tough as a basketball player, um, you know, when you're like, dang, like we just – like you said, we played on ESPN against the Florida State, you know, who's really good. And now all of a sudden you're on ACC Network and against a team that's 0-5 in the conference, um, you know, against a team that shoots 31% from three. You know, it's like, man, like what are we going to do now to get us going? So, um, you know, if they can kind of keep that mindset as far as just trying to get better and view each team as – a really good team I think they'll get better and better as the time goes on yeah and it's something that can get scary kind of quickly where you're wearing the North Carolina like we mentioned last week that's a target on your back already you know if you guys don't come in with the mindset that this game matters the other team in the other locker room you know playing a team like North Carolina if they could beat a North Carolina that makes their season for a team like Wake Forest who has struggled early but in um, the post-game press conferences Armando, he was talking about how Roy and Hubert Davis questioned their effort early on. What is the halftime speech like from the coaches where everybody knows you didn't play up to the standards and it's not just shots aren't falling. It's, it's an effort issue. Uh, it, get, it can get it kind of fiery, man. Um, you know, somebody as nice and as gentle um as coach davis is man like he can get kind of fiery in the locker room you know let alone coach or coach rob or everybody else in there um so i think it's like you said i think the biggest thing is like when they view it as an effort thing not necessarily just a shot just going down or you know maybe a few mistakes here or or there when it's effort i think that's whenever it really gets them going um and like you said, against a Wake Forest team being down at halftime, um, you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily what you want to see. And so I'm sure at halftime, man, it's, it got kind of, you know, I'm sure they lit into them a little bit. But at the end of the day, sometimes that's what you need. So, uh, you know, I'm sure it got them going. Obviously, they were able to pull out the win, so I'm sure it helped a little bit. Yeah, I have – I'm glad I'm not in that locker room because in my head I have this image of Roy as – the lovable daggum grandpa. And I don't don't think I could handle him yelling in the locker room. Does it get scary in there? Hey man, it's, uh, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily say it gets scary because I don't know, you know, I don't know if anybody's physically scared of coach. Um, but when it comes to when he gets fired up, it does get, uh, you know, it does get kind of like you got to really lock in. You know, you realize, okay, yeah, yeah, this is serious. You know what I mean? So um, it definitely gets you locked in. Luckily, Carolina didn't give up on Caleb Love like some people had mentioned and some people had wanted. He had his best game yesterday, and you could start to see him out there putting things together. He scores 20 points on 58% shooting. What did you see from Love that led to that type of performance? Man, you know what? Uh, and it's funny that right after, you know, the week after we talk about, you know, all oh, fans and stuff like that are kind of wanting to, you know, jump off the Caleb Love boat. Um, you know, it's funny that he comes back and he plays um, as well as he did. I think one of the things that I've I've noticed with him is – you know, playing within the offense um, and not forcing things. And whether, 
you know, in the, you know, the start of the season, whether it was because he was in a slump, he felt like he had to be a more assertive or he had to shoot himself in Florida state a little bit. Like yesterday, he really, you know, he really showed uh, what he can do without forcing it. Right. Like, I mean, he, all of his shots, most of them at least, um, were either in transition, um, they were within the offense, they were open where he could take his time and not shot down, um, or it was in a it was in a play where he didn't have to force it. Um, and I think when he plays like that, he's awesome, right? Like when anybody starts forcing it and starts trying to feel like they got to do extra to try to, and I playing within himself and playing within the offense, I think showed how good he can be within that, and so. I'll say it again for all those fans out there. They're like, ah, you know, Caleb Love. I don't know if he's the one. Give it time. You know what I'm saying? Like, give it time. Like, he's shown glimpses. Obviously, yesterday he had a really good game, um, and I personally think that he's just going to get better and better as time goes on. So, uh, you know, hopefully he can kind of carry this momentum. And um, I kind of saw. I think he did the he did one of the post game press conferences after the game, and. Uh, you know, for him, he kept on talking about confidence, you know, and it was, it's kind of the whole mental aspect of he knows he can play his, his teammates know he can play his coaches know he knows he can play. Um, you know, it's just a matter of just confidence, continue to keep those confidence going, continue to keep that mental space, right. And, um, you know, if he can do that, I think he'll be just fine. Yeah. Going off that post-game press conference for love, I thought it was interesting when he mentioned that, he has a strong support system that he can lean on during a slump. He's talking with his parents. He's meeting with the coaches. His teammates believe in him. How important is that aspect? Because that outside noise can get so loud at times, especially at a place like Carolina where expectations are always ridiculously high. (laughs) Well, look, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to say, man, like, I love Carolina fans are the best in the country, but at times they can be the worst in the country too. Right. Like, and people might not like me saying that, but it's like, you know, when you're doing really, really good and it's really any fans, honestly, but when you're doing really, really good, you know, you're freaking the best player to ever come through North Carolina. Right. But when you're not doing well, some fans are really quick to just say, Oh, like, he's not the one, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, for me, I wish I would have known this whenever I was there, but like now where I'm at, I don't even have social media on my phone. Right. And so social media is usually where you kind of see the most, you know, the hateful things that are said or the negative things that are said. Um, But for him, the fact that he has that supporting cast. And I know like when people say North Carolina is a family, you know, that's where it's really shown as far as your teammates they always have your back right the coaching staff always has your back but the fact that he has like his family that he can go and talk to and other people that he can go and talk to that are still supporting him and still pushing through hopefully he's able to kind of block out all the other noise and all that other stuff and kind of keep going but having supporting cast bro that's that's probably one of the most important things to have in sports especially when you're going through a rough patch you know, because it's like, what am I going to lean on? Um, and so I'm glad that he has he has that supporting cast that he talks about. 
with that supporting cast in the post-game press conference, Roy mentioned he thinks that Love can be one of the best defensive guards he's ever coached. And he also brought up that he told Love that he thought he was getting better earlier this week. What is that like when you have a coach in Roy who he's going to be really hard on you, but it's because he knows how good you can be and to have someone like that who believes in you? I, I, had, I had somebody tell me uh, a while back um, – and it was pertaining to like coaches and they were saying basically that, you know, if a coach doesn't talk to you, if a coach doesn't get on to you, if a coach doesn't get angry at you or a coach doesn't say anything to you, then you should be worried. Right. Like, because obviously that means he doesn't feel like it's necessarily, uh, there's no point of trying to coach you because you don't have the skill to get to where he thinks you need to get or whatever. And so coach has always been that way. You know what I mean? Like if coach is always on Caleb Love, it's because he knows Caleb Love can be a great point guard at North Carolina. You know, if if he's always on so-and-so or whoever, it's because he knows and he's seen so many players before um, and he knows what they can become. And so I think that should, even though in the moment it doesn't feel like it at all, but that should give you some sort of confidence knowing, okay, you know what, like, Coach thinks that I can be this, you know, and so this is what I'm going to go out and do because of that confidence that he gives me. Um, and I think, you know, hearing those things from coach in the, in the press conference, you know, if he hears it or not, that's something to really feel good about, you know, it's something to keep on striving for because, you know, coach isn't compliment after compliment after compliment, you know what I'm saying? He's just, he's not, necessarily that way but the fact that he was saying that he sees him getting better each and every day and defensively he could be one of the best guards that he's ever coached I mean that's high praise um and so you know I think that should give him some confidence I think that's big coming from coach and I think you know we'll just have to kind of see how that evolves you know I think one of the biggest things for love too was that he really turned up the defensive intensity which led to the offense for him. He, he let the defense be his offense where Carolina scored 24 points off turnovers yesterday against Wake Forest. What does that do for a team where you can ramp up the defensive pressure and you can steal some easy baskets the other way? I mean, it's huge, um, especially from a team who obviously they've shown that they can score the last couple games, but a team that has struggled at times to score. Um, in the half court and I think when they're able to you know get those steals when 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 they're able to get fast break dunks or or get fast break buckets it gets you a little bit more fired up Um, and so then you know defensively and offensively your energy level is just so much higher I think you know seeing especially for individual players seeing guys like you know seeing Caleb get a steal and go finish on the other end with a dunk you can tell it visibly gets him going You know, and I think uh, that's huge for players, especially at times whenever it's tough to score. Um, So I think that's huge for them to take, try to make defense into offense. You know, that's always been a Carolina thing is like defensively, we want defensively to turn into our offense, you know, like fast, whether it's fast breaks, points off turnovers, or even on a make going, getting it and going. And so I think, if they can keep doing that, it'll just make their half court offense even easier because it's like, okay, we already got 20 points off fast breaks, you know, 20 points off turnovers. 
now let's just get some buckets in the half court and we'll be fine. Coming up next for Carolina, they play NC State on Saturday. UNC lost the first game against them earlier this year, which dropped Roy's record to just 37-5 and five now against the school from Raleigh. What is the lead-up to a game against State like? Where is Can you sense it that this game normally means more to the team? Um, for sure. For sure. Uh, and I think – you know, obviously this team's super young, so they won't necessarily feel it. Uh, you know, I know some of our coaches, uh, they will allow them to feel it, I think. Um, you know, but you can definitely feel it. I mean, obviously Duke is like the main rivalry, right? But when it comes to NC State, North Carolina, there is a uh, there's a serious hate when it comes between those two schools. Uh, and so I think uh, – I think they will feel it. I think obviously losing the first one, I think there will be a lot more energy um, prior to the game. Uh, but I think it's just a matter of, okay, you know what, like I said before, even though it's a rivalry game, we got to try as best as we can to look at it as just another game, just another ACC game. Um, and so I think that, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's, uh, you know, up until up until then, they got to prepare. They got to do everything that they possibly can to view NC State as another team that beat them early on in the season. And if they can do that, once the rivalry starts and once coaches and, and players start talking, then it'll just fuel them a little bit more. But if they can do that, I think, I think they can go out there and, and then beat them. Yeah, with that loss earlier this year, Roy's overall record against them, and then just – you know, how, how big the state-UNC rivalry kind of is. I can't imagine UNC coming out flat like they have in a couple earlier games this season. But, Justin, thanks for taking the time getting on here today and looking forward to talking next week. Of course, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.